Hey, good morning, Rabbi Sai. Great to see all of you here again. Welcome to the ninth graders for our second in-person schmooze, and a hello to everyone on Zoom. Appreciate your your participation, and again, just yashikoch uh, to everyone. This has been uh, really, I think, a tremendous tribute, uh, certainly to uh, older Bayim uh, and to all the students who just persevere in this dual world that we're living in, uh, half day in person, half day uh, on Zoom, and Baruch Hashem, a lot of good feedback, and it can only happen when there's cooperation, so really we do appreciate it. We're sort of getting into a, a routine, and therefore sometimes easy to sort of take things for granted, but we don't. We recognize it's a challenge for all of you, it's a challenge for the staff, but Baruch Hashem, we're making it happen, and uh, we appreciate it. You know, there's really so much in Toldos to talk about, um, but I guess maybe just to pick a couple of moments, very dramatic moments in this week's parsha. Moments that when we look into our chazal, and that's really the danger when we don't look into chazal, when you sort of just look at psukim on the surface and not analyze on a deeper level what really is going on here, we, don't, uh, we can't get the full picture. And there are a lot of people throughout history that have made that mistake, that they look at the Torah and sort of you know, start with fresh eyes. Let me make the interpretation. Let me understand, and they miss out on the truth of what's really going on by not looking into the Midrashim, into the Chazal, into the Mepharshim. And it's, it's, it's a critical error that a lot of people make, unfortunately. But we know what happened in this week's parish. We know that Rivka says to uh, Yaakov, listen, you need those brachos. You need those brachos. And if you, uh, if you don't do what I say, it's not going to be a good end. So you have to listen to me. Don't worry about it. I know it sounds a little tricky. We're not going to get into the justification for right now. But Rifki Menu said, I know what I'm doing. This is what you have to do. And uh, I prepared some food. Go out and, you know, put on the, put on the um, garments of Esau and go into Yitzchak to get the brachas. At this point, Yitzchak couldn't really see. He didn't really know who was in front of him. The famous Kol Kol Yaakov, Yedaimide Esav, that something is confusing here. On the one hand, you talk like, like Yaakov, but you feel like Esav. So, what happens? He gives him the bracha, and then right after he gives him the bracha, he walks out, Baruch Hashem, Rivka's plan worked, and, and uh, Yaakov receives the brachos, Comes Esav into the room. What do you mean? Who am I? I'm Esav. You know who I am. I'm your your bechor. I'm Esav. I'm here to give you what you want, and I brought some food for you. So those are amazing words. He trembled incredibly. He, 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 his body sort of just completely, it, it's, it's so unusual. Yitzchak was this incredible tzaddik. What's he, Harad the Gedola? What's he trembling about? Adma Od. And he says, and then he, after, 
he basically said, listen, sorry, you know, somebody came and sort of took the brachis from you, Gambarachia. Let's try to hold the noise with the bottles, please. Gambarachia. So he should be blessed as well. Chazal says something very incredible. What is this Yitzchak Vayecharad Yitzchak Harad Gedolad Mod? What was this incredible moment? Where you, what, what are you trembling about? What are you trembling? What are, what are you so afraid? I mean, these are people we know that Bitochon is something that great tzaddikim have. They trust in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So what's this trembling? And Chazal say, saying, this is something where you are so blessed because you're young. You're so blessed because you have the gift of the future ahead of you. And you don't have to deal with things later on in life where maybe you get to this point of this Harad Gedola Admaod, as many people sometimes do when they recognize, oh my gosh, what have I done wrong? And, and Yitzchak recognized that I have been living to some degree in my life in a lie. I made a mistake. My mistake is that I thought that Esau was a wonderful son. He wasn't. Yaakov, we know from this week's parasha, Yaakov, Ishtam, Yoshev, Olim. Yaakov was learning in the base Medrash from his earliest years. He was an incredible tzaddik. And I, I, but you had a different personality. And you were, you were this person who uh, liked to hunt, you liked to get out there, you liked to do stuff, but I, th- but I thought you were a good person. We know that Esau's Kibbut Avaim was off the charts. So that, that Kibbut Avaim gave Yitzchak a certain sense of who he was, and he was a good person. But now it, co- it all came out. Oh my gosh, I made a mistake. Oh my gosh, what have I done? Oh my gosh, I realize that my attitude about my son was really wrong. So when a person recognizes that they lived a mistake to some degree, even somebody who's such a big tzaddik, there is a sense of, of, of sort of shock. My, my gosh, my Yitzchak, he, was, he, he trembled to a great degree. Everybody say, this is, in a, in, a, in a way, it's something that we have to recognize. Oh my gosh, we don't want to live that mistake. We don't want to go through situations in life where we don't recognize what's really important. When we recognize later on, oh my gosh, look what I did. I should have done this, I should have done that. Whether it be, it could be so many mitzvahs that somehow we maybe don't take full advantage of. Kibbut Avaim is one that I, hits me. Certainly this is the theme of this week's parasha to a large degree, the Kibbut Avaim, that they both had, but certainly Yehissam's Kibbut Avaim, this is the one virtue that he had. Imagine a person, you know how many times it happens, Rabbi say? person lives a life and, you know, you take, we take our parents for granted, you know, and we talk to them this way. I, I, I'll never forget uh, sometimes I'm sitting in my office once, I think it was an interview, I don't remember exactly what, I think it was an interview. You know, I'm just going back a good 20, 25 years, and I mean, this, this kid is yelling at his mother and talking with such disrespect. Like, I just, how? How do you talk like that? I, I remember sharing once an article also, but a doctor wrote an article about, about um, again, some just blatant level. We're living in a world, Rabbi Say. If we're not careful, if we just allow the the society's value system to get into our heads. We're sort of the older generation. These are the, the old fogies. They don't really count. They're whatever. They ignore them. And then you're living in a world where you just can say whatever you want to a parent, to a father, to a mother, to people that have 
that have worked so hard. It doesn't mean they're all perfect. It doesn't mean they're perfect. But they brought us here. And they got us here. That demands such a level of respect. Could you imagine the feeling that a person has after their parents are no longer here? After that relationship with the father, you, you, you had all these years to sort of show that proper cover, to do the right thing. And now you wake up and, and how many people, this is so common, unfortunately. Where, and you hear stories about, you know, you throw the person into the old, to the old age home, throw them to the nursing home and let them just, you know, who cares, let them, I'll, I'll visit them once a year. And it's so many different stories that, that are so not Clyde's mentality. We live a life of, of understanding, and that's, that's why the mitzvah is so important. Kibbut Avim stands as one of the, the Aseris Hadibros. Why isn't the Aseris Hadibros for Boisai? Because it's so critical to our whole relationship with, with everything. Of course, I told you, is at the center of what Kibbut Avim is about. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to go through that. We have to learn so many things before the fact to make sure we don't make that, that moment in time. And the Archim Yitzchak, it was a shock to him that he made a mistake. My gosh, a trembling. But we don't, want to, we don't want to fall into that trap. And therefore, let us really work. There's so many things that if we worked on it earlier, if we get into our attitudes now to, to not be impacted by the way the world runs, not to look at our parents and be able to feel that we can talk to them any which way and make demands. Give me this. Wait, that's what you talk to a parent. Give me this. I want that. I need this. You didn't give me this. What's happening? What are we doing? These are our parents. Even Esau had that understanding. Even Esau mastered this, this art of, of, of having proper reverence for a father and a mother. There's another screaming that happens in this week's parasha by Isai. Very next pasuk. When there's, a, when there's a scream, screams don't go unnoticed. Kishmoa Esau is divri aviv. When Esau hears his, the words of his father, what does he do? Vayitzak, tsa'aka, gedoyla, umora admiyoid. Almost the same, not quite the same. But he gives a shout. Ah! He, call, he screams out with such pain. I wanted those brachos. And Yaakov took them away from me and he, and he tricked me. And he outsmarted me and he got the brachos from me. Oy. Now we know... Esau was no tzaddik, not by any stretch of the imagination. We know that Yaakov got the brachos and he deserved the brachos. But Chazal say a frightening thing, Rabbi Isai. A frightening thing, another thing we don't want to look back years later. How many stories of situations where couples, I just read now Rabbi David's story, but there's so many of them. A story about a couple that didn't have children and they went to Rabbi David and they actually didn't go to Rabbi David, but the Rav called Rabbi David and they don't have children? They're in pain. Have them check what they did to hurt another Jew. There are so many stories like this where you alleviate the pain that's hanging and hovering over your head because of an act that you did. And we sometimes can't remember. We can't really know what it is because we just can't jar our memory. Or maybe, God forbid, it happened too often. You blast a teacher or you say something to your friend. You, you literally to him. You destroy him. And he's a laughing stock, and he's going home with, uh, broken and, he's, and, uh, and, and crying and in tears. And you can't even remember that day, but he hasn't forgotten that day. He can remember it years later. These things, these things unfortunately, happen often. And they linger. And they, and they literally can make impacts in our lives. 
So much so, and this is one of the great indicators, because the Gemara asks, so this great scream of Esau, when Esau screamed out, Yaakov, you fooled me, you tricked me, you caused me such terrible anguish. When was it, when did it have an influence? When did it make a difference? When did, in a sense, the Jewish people suffer from the pain that they inflicted, that Yaakov inflicted? And the Gemara says, Purim. When Haman was able to establish his decree that the Jewish people were designated for destruction, total destruction, what gave Haman that ability to effectuate that decree? What gave him the strength and the schus? Somehow, Kodesh Baruch Hu, it wasn't ultimately realized, Baruch Hashem. And Esther and Mordechai turned the tables and Baruch Hashem, we celebrate Purim every single year. Well, how do we get into that mess in the first place? What was the, the big vision, the big picture of Al-Kadosh Baruch Hu, to allow that to take place? Where Haman be, can be that successful to turn Ahasuerus against us? Because of this. That scream of Esau came back to haunt us hundreds of years later in the story of Purim. This is, Rabbi said, the message is so profound. Causing another person pain. Causing somebody anguish. Giving somebody any reason to go home down, downtrodden and destroyed. And, and again, I don't, know, I, I don't think it's happening here because, again, we're, because of the world we're living in, especially with Zoom, it's hard to know what's really happening. And I'm in three, we're in three different places. And I'm in, the, I'm in Shari Tzedek. But it's so important for us to know whether it's a friend, whether it's a teacher, whether it's apparent, when you cause pain, when you do something that sort of dispirits that individual, we don't know the, the impact. We can't imagine the long-term repercussions. I've said this story many times, but there was a, a fellow who, and a similar story that I just mentioned about Rab David, but just, he, was, he, he tried everything with his wife. They married for many years, and they, they could not be Zohar to have a child. And it's, such, it's something that so, you know, tugs at your heart when you're a parent and when you're, when you're a married person and you want a child, you want to be that parent. And anyway, they're coming back from some treatments. They went to try to get treatments in either Australia or South Africa. And all of a sudden, he's looking out the window and he basically is resolved to the fact that he's never going to have a child. And the two of them are flying in a plane together, obviously not in the best of moods, and he's looking out the window and he's looking to this emptiness and as his mind starts wandering and all of a sudden it hits him. I know why we don't have children. I just realized, and he tells his wife, I know why we don't have children. Fifteen years of trying and now you're looking out the window, you tell me, now you know? What are you talking about? I'm telling you, I know. Just came to Kodesh Baruch who sent it into me with this, I'm looking out in the window and I'm looking at the sky and what happened? He remembers many years ago when he was a single boy in yeshiva and he let the Russian cleaning lady know this Russian lady would come by to clean the yeshiva every single day and he let her know as he was asked by a bunch of guys to let her know that ki- the kid that she brings her, her, her little son is making a lot of sort of, you know, getting uh, becoming annoying so he was the one, they didn't check with the Anhal, they didn't check with the rabbis to see but you know what, we're based medish guys we can be in charge. And he went over and he says, you know what? You shouldn't bring your child anymore. You tell a Russian lady not to bring her child. What's she going to do? How's she going to work? And he said, she couldn't afford home care. And this was in Israel. This happened in, in Eretz Yisrael. And the woman looks at him and says, well, you know, you should never know from Tsar Gidel Bonham. 
He caused her such pain. And she wasn't trying to curse him. That wasn't her intent. But the pain in her heart that she was being told pretty much, don't come without your child, which essentially means don't come. Because she could not afford to hire a babysitter. And she responded, you know, well, I know my kids are a little rambunctious. You know, when you have kids, you should know from Tzargil, you should know from the pain of raising kids. She meant it one way, but it came out, you shouldn't know from the pain of raising kids. It means you shouldn't have kids, because no, there's always Tzargil bottom for every child. And basically she was saying, you know what, you shouldn't have any children. And he says, that's the reason why we don't, I, I gave that person pain, I never resolved that pain. I have to find her and I have to ask Mechila. And he did. He found her. Long story how he found her, but he found her. He asked her for Mechila. She thought he was a little bit, <laughs> I don't know, it was, it was years ago, many years ago. She gave him Mechila. He said this story in front of hundreds of people to Shalom Zohar, of his son Shalom Zohar. Because he ran out of food. He didn't expect so many people to come to Shalom Zohar. So he ran out of food. But he said, you know what, I have a story for you. And that was the incredible story that he shared with these people. So this Zaka Gedoa, it's Esav. But even in Esav, you cause pain to an Esav. Every single person we see, any type of shenanigans that we do, we think it's a joke, we, we, we think it's funny, ha, ha, ha. You play these games, we hurt somebody, we cause pain to somebody. These are things, Rabbi said, these, these are things that stand at the highest echelons, they have impacts that we can't even imagine. And now is the time to learn. That's why, Baruch Hashem, you're young. And these are the years that you have to develop those sensitivities to parents, to friends. They, they literally can dictate a person's direction in life. We don't want to be in that situation where we wake up after the fact. Oh my gosh, what did I do? Oh my gosh, that bitter, that bitter recognition of of sin. I hurt somebody. I didn't do the right thing. Now is the time. We have to stop and reflect. And how do we figure it out? We figure it out by looking. Where, what are my relationships? What am I doing? How am I acting? Who am I hurting? Is there somebody that I'm not really connected with properly and I just let them have it? Or do I enjoy a nice joke and somebody has an expense and everyone else is laughing in the classroom and I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to be the big, you know, the big guy who's getting the glory because I, I know how to make somebody uh, laugh. I can make the rest of the class laugh. Or I don't like that teacher, so I make that teacher's life miserable and whatever it is, I'm just I'm causing other people to, to not listen. How, you know, how much fun it is that we can waste some time in a classroom and that, that the spirits, the person, especially when it's a Rebbe, a Rebbe who we have an obligation to give, to give respect. Kovar Arav is in the same kind of category. Keep it our vein. So everybody say these are things that we, we have to think about now. When you develop habits, habits are tough to break. Asav couldn't say the right words to, to, um, to Yitzchak. Asav, despite the fact that he knew his, his father would want to hear right words, but he spoke the same way. He spoke the way that, that, that an outside regular guy speaks, Yaakov Avinu. He uses the words Hashem. And he uses the words no, please. So when he heard those words from Yaakov, he said, it doesn't sound like Esav. What, it doesn't sound like Esav. Esav, with such kibbutz, Amy couldn't adjust his words to talk like a mensch to, 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 to Yitzchak. He had to talk like he would talk to anybody else. It's tough to change. 
Old habits are tough to change. If we talk one way outside on the street, we're not going to talk the same way. We're going to talk the same way to our, to our parents and to other people. And, 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 and Yaakov, that was part of his, Yaakov was such a sweet, amazing tzaddik. He used Hashem all the time on his lips. So even though he goes into, into Yitzchak and he's trying to imitate Esav, he still says Hashem. He doesn't change his speech. That's who he is. It's hard to change bad habits. It's important to develop them early. I'll just end with one amazing story. Again, this idea of, of the shock of not wanting to wake up later. To take advantage of these thoughts and these ideas sooner than later. And again, especially developing these things, I talk about, you know, uh, everyone says, you know, I got to teach kids about marriage. You got to teach kids, uh, have to develop marriage uh, curriculums for guys in their 20s of how to, how to get married properly, how to be a good husband. And, the, you know, the guy's going to start learning how to be a good husband when he's 25 years old or 23 years old whenever he wants to get married. And now what? Now you're going to become a mensch overnight, even though you've, you're acting one way for the last eight to ten years? That that's that's going to work? It's very hard, Rabbi Isai. That's why these years, you want, to, you want to take, you want to get ready for marriage ten years from now? You get ready by working on yourself now. To be that mensch, to be that sensitive person, to understand the emotions of another human being. When you can do that, then you don't have to chasisham, look back and say, oh my gosh, I should have I worked on it earlier. Incredible story, just one last story about but sort of waking up a little bit too late. Well, maybe not. It's hard to know. It's a, one of those scary stories. You don't really know the full, the full story because it's a heavenly spiritual story. But it's a story about a shochet. I, was, I like sharing this because it's so powerful. A story about a shochet who was a wonderful man. One night he has a very, very scary dream. And he tells his wife, oh my gosh, I got, I got to go to the Rav. I got to talk to the Rebbe. And he's, I got to tell him this dream. I don't know what this dream means. So he goes to the Rebbe. And he says, Rebbe, Rebbe, I have a, such a scary dream. A scary dream? Well, what, what, what's the dream? What can I do for you? You look, you look terrible. You look so shocked. He says, Rebbe, I had a dream. And, I was, and, this, and he was a good guy. He was a shochin in town. He was a guy who did a lot of mitzvahs. His dream was that he went into the next world. He died. He went up in the next world. And there it is. The heavenly court is sitting there judging him. Yankel the Sheikhid walks in, and the defense attorney says, We have here to determine are we going, is he going to Gehenna? We're going to Ganadin. Where's he going? So the defense attorney says, Yankel should go straight to Ganadin. Let's look at his life. And they put up the big screen, they play his whole life out. What a wonderful tzaddik. He, he's a Sheikhid, he gives kosher food to everybody, he does mitzvahs, he learns. Chesed, you name it, this guy was it. So he's got to go straight to Ganate. So Bezin says, well, it looks good. A video was excellent. Let's send him right to Ganate. The prosecutor says, wait a minute. Not so fast. You missed a little snippet of the video. Let me, let me press the, uh, the button here and show you a point in time on a Friday afternoon. He presses the button and the video starts playing. It's Friday afternoon. The uncle's leaving his office two hours before Shabbos. And he has a very busy schedule uh, right before Shabbos. He goes to the mikveh. He, ch- he tastes a potato kugel. He checks out this, whatever. He's got a schedule. And he walks out of the office. He's on his way to go home. All of a sudden, he hears a voice. Yanko, Yanko. I'm so happy to see you. Please, you know, I'm, I'm the one of my husband just passed away. I'm a widow. And I have kids. Somebody just gave me a chicken. 
So half a Shabbos, my kids haven't had chicken or meat on Shabbos since my husband passed away. Please, can you please shech the chicken for me? Check the, check the chicken now? You know, I, I, it's, you, you should have made it. I, I, mean, I, could have, I couldn't make an appointment. I, had, I, I just got the chicken now. Somebody just gave it to me. Please. It's too late. I'm sorry. I got things to do. I got to go to the mikvah. I got things to plan. If it's two hours before Shabbos, no. I'm sorry. The answer is no. And as he's walking away, the, the widow screaming, uncle, uncle, please, please, my children, my hungry children. And he walks away. And the prosecutor says, this is the man you're going to send straight to Ganadin? This is the man who you say has a pristine, beautiful life? And the, and the, and the uh, Bezdin says, you know, good, good argument. So, Yankel, you have a choice. You can either go back and do this life again and get it right this time, Chacham, or you can just spend some time in Gehenna and just burn out, you know, just get... Expunge the, the sin. You got a choice. And you got 20 seconds to decide. And as the time was going down, Rebbe, that's when I woke up. Oh my gosh. And I was, I'm, I was trembling. I'm still trembling. That's a scary dream. That's a pretty scary dream. So tell me, Uncle, when did this happen? Rebbe, never happened. I mean, never happened. Nothing close to what happened? No, nothing close. I mean, you didn't hurt anybody. You didn't. No, I don't, so, so, listen, it's a scary dream, but you know what? Get on with your life. Don't worry about it. Our boy said over 20 years later, Yankel's much older. Doesn't walk as fast, but he's still a shochet. In real time, in real life for our boy said, Yankel goes home on a Friday afternoon, two hours before Shabbos. He's maybe in his 60s, maybe a little bit later, maybe in his early 70s. And he's all going home, and all of a sudden, a real amana. Start screaming out to him. Literally, the video was playing out in real life exactly the way it happened. Yankel, Yankel, you know, my husband just passed away and somebody just gave me a chicken. The whole story. And Yankel responds, you're not going to believe it, the exact same way. A dream that so shook him to his core. 20, 25 years later, it's the back recess of his head. He can't remember. He didn't remember it at all. And he says the exact same thing. And he says, now you come to me two hours before Shabbos, but I, I just got the chicken, my kids are hungry, please. And Yankel does the exact same thing. He starts walking away, he says, I'm sorry. It's very, it's too late. I got to go, I got things I got to do. What could be more important? And her tears are rolling down her cheeks and Yankel walks home. Yankel does his thing and Yankel goes to shul and Yankel comes back home. He's holding his kiddush cup. And he didn't have a charod de gedola. He didn't scream out a bitter cry, but in the middle of Kiddush, he's holding the cup, he's making Kiddush, and he recognized what he just did. The dream came back to him. And right then and there, he drops the cup and he faints. And his family is shocked. And they, and they quickly revive him. Yanko, what's are you, are you okay? Are you okay? He says, yeah, quick, get the food, quick, we're going to that mother's house. Get the get the get the fish, get the soup, get the chicken. We're running to Amana's house. I can't believe what I did. And they went there. They gave he gave the food to Amana. This story is in a book, a well documented book. And the book ends with a sort of a happy note that he, he said, "I'm sorry to the Amana." And hopefully everything ended well. But the eerie footnote, Rabbi Sai, is that that was the last Shabbos of this man's life. He passed away that much of Shabbos. 
And we don't know. Like I said, we don't know what's going on in Shemayim and, you know, Yanko Baruch Hashem, maybe he, got, he asked Mechila, but it was, it's an amazing story. But the fact that you can be so moved one minute, and if you're not sensitive, you can just sort of go back to the same old routine. And therefore, our job is to always look for those opportunities and see what's available and see what I might be doing. To stop that moment in time before that little nice little joke that can rip this kid to, to a little to smithereens. And I'm ready to say it because it feels real good and I'm sure I'm going to get the whole class to crack up. Or I can do that to the teacher. We're all going to play the little game. The teacher's going to, get, we're going to be able to prank this teacher. And he, and he goes home broken. That's, that's a good thing. And he's now walking in, not the same person he normally does because it's a nice little joke that we all cracked up and had a great time. That's what we want in our heads. The boy said, we don't want to wake up and say, oh my gosh, what did I do 25 or 30 years later? We don't want that. So if we, if we think about it now, we work on it now, we recognize this is the incredible laboratory. These younger years, when we're teenagers and we are developing ourselves, and we say, this is the, ter- the time that I can become a different person, elevate myself, make a difference in who I am, develop these sensitivities, it will impact us for a lifetime for the good, Rabbi Isai. That's what we have to do. Let's learn from, from ya- Yaakov's, uh, from, for y- from Yitzchok's cries, from Esau's cries, from Yaakov being that person who's always sensitive, we will always make those right decisions. Never have to shed a bit of cry. Shabbos.